From the crossroads of America in the Hoosier state of Indiana, this is Get In, the podcast focused on the unfolding stories and extraordinary innovations happening right now in the heartland. I'm Matt Hunkler, CEO at Powder Keg, and I'll be one of your hosts for today's conversation. I am joined in studio by co-host Nate Spangle, head of community at Powder Keg over here on my left. And on the show today is Ariana McGee, founder and CEO of Navigate Maternity. And so this was not just about joining a company. This was about saving mothers. Ariana McGee is the founder and CEO of Navigate Maternity, which is a company using both hardware and software to create an equitable and culturally competent journey for all mothers. We are so excited to have Ariana in the show today and learn more about her story, but also how she built momentum with Navigate Maternity, including winning the Delta Red Tank Pitch competition and the grand prize of $25,000 recently, pitching at the Innovation Showcase and participating in Executive Women of Color Summit in Charlotte, North Carolina. I know there's so much more momentum happening right now, Ariana, but congrats already on all of that. And thank you so much for being on Get In. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here and share a little bit more about Navigate and our story. So thank you. Can you tell us what Navigate is? Can you describe the product? Yeah. So what I like to say, we are a tech enabled medical device company and our flagship product is our remote patient monitoring system. So we have hardware, we have software, but in a nutshell, we empower care teams with the the data necessary to remotely manage prenatal postpartum moms. Okay. For for those that don't know, prenatal postpartum, tell me what that means. Yeah. So a mama that's pregnant and after mama's had a baby. So I've, I've actually had four kids. Yeah. So I've been in that prenatal and postpartum period quite a bit. But unfortunately, as a country, we have a maternal health crisis. Yeah. Uh, we actually are uh, have the highest prenatal and postpartum death rate of any high resource nation in the world. And Indiana is ranked actually number three in the nation for the worst maternal outcomes. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, so we've got a lot of work to do. And Mm -hmm. and then compounded, black women like myself are dying three to four times the national average. So there's a lot of work to be done. And it really is what drives Navigate is we have a lot of issues that we've got to solve. We've got to solve them now. I appreciate you breaking it down for me. I have not had children. My wife and I have not had children. But my sister is a midwife. So I hear a lot about it. I understand tangentially, but have not experienced it firsthand. I would love to just understand more of the problem and maybe even take a step back and tell us how you came up with this idea. It sounds like a just really awesome connected med device company. Thank you. Thank you. So I came up with Navigate really out of, again, my own experience of having four children. I have a, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a one-year-old. And you get so much sleep, I can just tell. Oh my goodness, (laughs) all of the beauty rest, I wish. But on top of that, I've also worked in the healthcare space for 11 years. So I've worked in a multitude of different roles at different companies. I've worked in pharma, I've worked in medical device, I've worked in global market access consulting, and actually my last role headed U.S. market access at a large global market access, excuse me, large global medical device company. So I have a deep expertise within the med device space, Mm but... That coupled with having babies during COVID, which was really my first clue that I'm like, wait, we've got a major problem. So during COVID, I was pregnant with our our third. I was not being touched. 
And I was a high risk mom. And mm. that was what first scared me and said, prompted me to say, wait, there, there are some issues here. And, and I want to investigate this further. But really the moment that I, I say catapulted navigate was when I almost died last year in Fort Wayne, giving oh. birth to my fourth child. Oh my gosh. So I encountered a very tired on-call doctor who tried to send me home. Now at this point I have had three C-sections. I am Less than two days away from my scheduled fourth C-section, and this doctor does not want to hear it. She's tired. It is 2 o'clock in the morning. She wants me to go home. And I had to plead with her. I had to beg her to listen. Now, again, I've worked in healthcare. My husband is an orthopedic spine surgeon. My mother has been a senior vice president within medical device. So I have all of these resources behind me that's pushing the hand of this doc, who does finally call my doctor. But in, in that moment, I felt vulnerable, and I only can now think, how would another mother that does not have those kind of resources feel? Fast forward, my doctor, once she finds out, she rushes in. She takes me back to the operating room. They open me up, and I have a huge uterine window, which means that my uterus was so thin you could see my daughter's hair. Oh, my gosh. And that told me, that told my doctor, told my husband, that had I gone home that day, my uterus would have burst, and my daughter would have died, and I would have died, too. So it's in that moment when you know the stats, you understand how easily women die, but it's different when you experience it. And that was the moment that I said, no, I've got to do Navigate full time. Yeah. Tell me how that device solves that challenge. Yeah. So my team, you know, what we try to solve, we really focus on the four key clinical gaps. Okay. Number one, a mother's touched about 14 times during the prenatal and then postpartum period. These are just snapshots. So most, uh, up until this upcoming year, mothers have had one appointment after giving birth. And then that's it. You get that one appointment at six weeks, and then you are not seen until a year later. Which then that drives reactive care. So we only then intervene once some issue has taken place because we haven't been monitoring mom. Third, we haven't been capturing social determinants of health data. So that really refers to, does a mother have access to healthy food? Does a mother have have access to safe housing? All of these things affect the outcomes. And then lastly, implicit bias. Hmm. So you all just heard my own story around implicit bias. So how do we replace this subjectivity with objective data? And that's how Navigate's system helps to solve for those four key gaps. We really connect the care team, the patient, And then obviously with our validated FDA cleared hardware to be able to give our care teams validated data so that they can intervene with their moms before a catastrophic event takes place. That makes a ton of sense. That's a big idea. And I would imagine even having a ton of experience in med device, ton of experience in healthcare. This was this your first startup? (laughs) So I actually did help launch a global market access consulting firm oh, alongside my mom. So that was actually, I'd say, my first rodeo yeah. within the startup But business. first med device startup. Yes, it, it was. But I think from my own experience working at different companies, working at bigger companies, I've learned a lot of competencies, right? I've seen how things run at scale. Absolutely. And I think that coupled with growing up in a family that is entrepreneurial. So again, my mom owning her own firm, my dad owning his own consulting, excuse me, construction company, my stepdad having his own transportation company. I grew up around entrepreneurs. What do you think you learned growing up around entrepreneurs? It's hard work, number one. But number two, I also learned about how to be resilient, how to be agile, how to be a critical thinker. I think those are the things that really help and set entrepreneurs who do well apart. And I saw that. I saw those competencies in my parents and learned a lot. And I think when I when it was time, when I when it was in my spirit to make a move, 
I wasn't afraid. Yeah. I love that. I think that health healthcare is just a very gated industry, right? It's like very scary, especially for entrepreneurs to be like, ah, I can't break into big farm. I can't break into med tech. You launched Navigate. Like, what was the first step of like, hey, I want to launch a health tech hardware software company. What do you do? Yeah. So first you build a team. Mm-hmm. First you build a team because you need to understand your stakeholders, right? Mm-hmm. So luckily because I worked in healthcare, I understood who those key stakeholder, stakeholders were. And right away, I reached out to the people that were those stakeholders. And luckily, they they joined me in my vision. I have an amazing team. My COO has been in the healthcare space 11 years. She's worked on the payer side of the business. Our CMO has been a practicing OB for approaching now 14 years. Also has her executive MBA from IU Kelly School of Business. She's a phenom in her own right. And so these were women that I knew joining alongside me and, and then my background we had the tools and when I was saying the agility and the critical thinking skills and the competency mm-hmm. to create a medical device company. Yeah. Is this, so as I think through it, it's not like a direct to consumer, like mom sign up, it's through healthcare system. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. No, so that's, so yeah, no, this is not a consumer product. No, this is a medical device. Actually, even when thinking about our hardware, so this, we don't have just a, we have a, a Bluetooth blood pressure cuff. This is a class two device. This is not a device that you get from a a Walmart or Amazon. Mm -hmm. This is actually a class two device indicated for use in pregnant, pre-eclampsing, and postpartum women. And so when thinking about, again, creating something, we were thinking about the the flow that is healthcare. How does it currently Mm -hmm. fit into the current flow of healthcare? We're not trying to break the system because, frankly, startups struggle with trying to break the healthcare system. You're not going to do that. (laughs) What you need to know or do is do your research and understand how healthcare works, how reimbursement works, how commercialization works and then Mm. you create a solution for the market and understanding once again who those stakeholders are it's not just the um, patients not just the doctor you've got payers you have health systems you have administrators you've got state medicaid you have commercial payers there's so many different stakeholders and it is it's daunting but we weren't afraid because we frankly have done it so i love that and so you've outlined this problem right this big audacious problem that you guys were solving and this team that you've built but where are you at in the process yeah, so we have, so we're actually pretty pretty far. So we're approaching our launch. So we expect nice. to launch here Q2 of next year. We have our, our, our hardware, our software, we're, we're starting testing. We have customers in our pipeline. So we're right at that yes. very exciting moment where we're finally going to put something in market. I'm sure there will be hiccups <laughs> and probably a few car crashes <laughs> along the way, but we will figure those pieces out. And, but yeah, so we're excited. Things are really about to pop as we say. When you mentioned your team, just amazing background, obviously huge part of making all of this happen, getting ready for launch. Something we hear on the show so often is that the deciding factor between success and failure is the founding team. Yeah. What was it about this business or you or how you approach these people that made these people say, you know what, this is the next step I want to take with my career. This is, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and join Navigate. Yeah, so basically you're saying who decided to jump off a cliff with you <laughs> without a parachute? And how did you convince <laughs> them to do that? Yeah. Because that's the hardest part, right? It is. Convince um, others that jumping off the cliff is a great idea. Exactly. You'll, build a, you'll build the plane on the way down, right? right. Yeah. Literally, I mean, totally. yeah, it's so funny. My my COO, she she found that, that meme where it's, yeah, this is entrepreneurship, building the plane on like the way down. <laughs> but no, so part of it was that they too were they understood the problem. Mm -hmm. They are both black women. One is from Gary, Thea's from Gary, Alicia is from Fort Wayne. 
they have experienced the problem. So mm-hmm. Dr. Harris, Alicia, she is a black OB in the state with one of the worst outcomes. And so she is constantly feeling that she has to take care of her patients and give them the t- like the best care. Yeah. This is, she's on the front lines, as I say. Mm-hmm. And so this was not just about joining a company. This was about saving mothers. And who better than a black OB and then another black woman who has worked in the payer space and has worked in the Medicaid and Medicare space. A quick break from our normal programming. I have Erica Schweier, COO from Elevate Ventures here in the studio today. Erica, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. And you're going to tell us a little bit about this Rally Innovation Conference that's coming up. Yep. So it's the largest cross-sector innovation conference in the world. We're going to feature six innovation studios. So think hard tech, software, sports tech, ag and food, healthcare, and entrepreneurship is going to be our catch-all. I love that. So tell me what is... Who's it for? Yeah, it's for innovators, entrepreneurs, investors. Honestly, anybody probably listening to this podcast. And it's going to be a multi-day thing that's multi-day. happening in downtown Indianapolis. Yep. People coming in from all over the country and maybe even all over the world to be here. That's our hope. Yep. And the dates are actually August 29th to the 31st. Perfect. And if people want to find out more information about speakers, tickets, things like that, where can they go? Yeah. So they just go to rallyinnovation.com and sign up for communications. And they can also get their tickets. I love it. You heard it here, rallyinnovation.com. We'll We'll see see you you there. there. Yeah, no, it's just like we were saying, it's literally like building a plane. First, asking people to jump off a cliff with you, and then we're going to build the plane on the way down without a parachute. (laughs) It it was a big ask, but luckily I asked women that believed in what we were building. Dr. Harris has been a practicing OB for approaching 14 years and she's on the front lines. She sees this every day, right? And she, as a black OB, is she feels the weight of trying to help to solve this problem. And as I always tell her, I was like, how can we make what you do scalable, mm-hmm. right? How can we make it in such a way that you're not feeling and your colleagues aren't feeling burned out? Yeah. And she was like, if we can figure that out, then we've, we can really make a big difference. And so getting her on board was frankly, not as difficult as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, so that's good. I'm glad that she joined. And then Thea James, same thing. This is another black woman who was uh, originally from Gary mm-hmm. and has worked in the payer space for quite some time. And she's, she sees the disparities. And she was like, wait, you want to build something that actually would make a difference in mothers who are of color or women who are on Medicaid? Absolutely. I want to join this. I actually was able to... Wow, we got some thunder in the studio here. Oh, I, yes. I like it. That's yeah, good right, theater. Right, right, right. We're, yes. we're going we're gonna to roll with it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I actually got women to join me who weren't afraid to jump off the cliff, frankly. If, if it meant that we could help solve this big of a problem, it might as well be us. Yeah. Let's take the risk. And let's do it. Yeah, can that. you dive in? I don't have a ton of experience when it comes to healthcare and knowing all of these different parties that are, that are at the table that you're working with, right? You're talking about the doctor, the OB side, but also the payer space. That's a new term for me. Can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So that refers to insurance companies. Think of it as United Healthcare, yeah, mm-hmm. right? Your Cigna, your Blue Cross, Blue Shield. And then when you think about Medicaid, So Medicaid is our government plan, right? You have CMS, Mm -hmm. which is like the the big government entity that takes care of Medicaid and think of aid like mamas and babies and then care, Medicare, they take care of 
our older population. Yeah. Um, Medicaid pays for almost half of all births in our country. Wow. So when you think about having to create a product or wanting to create a product or an innovation where it's going to be focused on pregnant and postpartum women, you can't have that conversation without focusing on the number one payer. Yeah, you lose half the market. You're boom. And you want to get it in these patients' hands because these are the patients that are more than likely experiencing most of the issues. They need it the most. So for us, it was very important to engage those stakeholders early on and to start the conversation. Medicaid, again, you have state Medicaids. You also have what we like to call managed Medicaids. And these are Medicaid companies that actually contract directly with states. And then you may have a, a payer like a care source right here in Indiana, mm-hmm. right? So they also take care of they take care of Medicaid patients. So you work with those stakeholders so that you can understand what their pain points are, right? Because they want to help solve these problems because they want to have they, they want to make sure that their patients are having better outcomes. They want to solve it just as much as you, especially they want to solve it if they're paying for almost half of the first sure. too. So that is, those are the stakeholders that we really want to work with because they understand why we need to solve this Mm -hmm. and they are feeling the pain of not solving it. What do you think more parents need to know about the birthing process that the current process maybe doesn't get 100% of the time? Yeah, so the current standard of care is, it it just has too many gaps. Mm. Frankly, and, and to be fair, ACOG and OBs and midwives have been advocating for remote patient monitoring. They understand and know and they believe that it will lead to better outcomes. There has been research that demonstrates when we actually monitor moms between those appointments, it leads to better outcomes. Mm-hmm. The goal here, though, is that we need to fold this in to the standard of care. And so one of the ways that we plan on not only doing that, but proving that our system works is we have hired Christy Mitchell of Atlas Clarity to conduct a three-site feasibility study. So our goal is that we're not just going to say it, we're going to prove it. We're going to do the clinical research to demonstrate that we can help enhance the standard of care. We will never replace it. We need our doctors. We need our midwives. We need our nurses. We want to make sure that they're empowered to help make this experience better for everyone, including the outcomes. So take us through like the customer journey, right? I'll say it's like a tech term, right? The customer journey, Mm -hmm. but right, you guys launch, you're everywhere. Moms go to their first appointment. They find out this happy moment, they're pregnant and they're going to work with Navigate. How does that look like for a mom or a soon to be mom? Yes. Yes. So at the first appointment, excuse me, at the first appointment, we envision that a doctor would then prescribe you mm-hmm. a Navigate kit. Okay. So our kit is a prescribed only kit that is prescribed to you by your physician okay. or, or either your midwife, at which time then they will actually turn the kit on live in the office and then mom will go home with her kit. Now, while she's at home with her kit, she has access to the software. Mm -hmm. So this software is connected to the physician responsible for her care. She also has what we like to call patient navigators. Think of them as watchmen. So that's our internal person watching these boards. So if mom's blood pressure is out of range, if the weight is out of range, then we're able to alert and triage to her care team to say, hey, there's an issue with mom. We may need to check on mom. And what this allows for mom is peace of mind. I've, I've been pregnant. I know what it feels like to be scared, to not be able to feel or be able to reach my doctor directly. And then as a doctor, as, a, as that stakeholder, imagine you don't know what's happening with like your patient, right? Mm-hmm. There's this big gap. And so we want to fill those silos, connect 
those stakeholders so that once again, we're intervening before a catastrophic event takes place. I think there's, that's just incredible. And I think there's such a, a need for not, you talked about it earlier, reactive, right? Everything, a lot of things in healthcare seem to be reactive. Oh, I'm hurt and now I go get treatment versus like ongoing. I, not that it's totally comparable, but like tracking your stuff on like a, a wearable fitness, like going through that and keeping up with like, how's my heart rate looking when I go on runs and that kind of thing. This just makes, to me, makes so much sense. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this needs Why to be Why don't we a do thing. that? Like, yeah. Like this should be a thing. And as someone who doesn't have, has actually zero experience in anything to do with maternity or birthing or anything like that, I'm like, oh, like, duh. Yeah. Like, this should be a thing. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Nate. Yeah, we, that is the goal when launching that other stakeholders like you will be like, duh, this makes sense. <laughs> of course, I'm sure that we will find more and there will be more nuance to it. But sure. absolutely, we too here believe that it this makes total sense. Yeah. We are watching moms. And, yeah. and we have the vision, we know the problem. And Matt hinted to it earlier in the intro of the momentum that you guys have been building. Let's talk about that. What are some recent wins that you guys have had thus far in the journey? Thank you. Yeah, so we've had some good wins. Obviously, it ebbs and flows. But so let's see, we'll start back. We actually, we were in the Verizon Health equity accelerator mm. this past year which was a 14-week program it was amazing it culminated in this big showcase out in boston cool. back in may and so verizon as a verizon yes. yes um shout out to that that team verizon's awesome a, a great partner and so learned a lot just they really wrapped their arms around the cohort and it was it was just a really great experience we also placed second at Stanford Biodesign. Hey, yep. Yes. Like, that was wait, before. Stanford? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> the Stanford, the right? Stanford. <laughs> yeah, we placed second at Stanford Biodesign. They had a pediatric and maternal health global pitch competition, and so we, we placed second there. And then we also, actually, Dr. Harris won the IU Kelly School of Business pitch competition last year using Navigate. And then this past year, I was named Pioneer of the Year, Ooh, up in Fort Wayne. That's by amazing. The partnerships. What, is that, what does that mean? It means the Oregon Trail. You have to like <laughs> yeah. get up, get out west. Basically. Yes. <laughs> but it was to highlight people within the community, within the northeastern region who were innovators. That's and amazing. Um, there were four finalists and they selected myself and Navigate nice. as the winner. So, that was so you have a lot of experience pitching. Did you pull in any past experiences in learning to pitch a startup? Thank you for that that nice softball. So yes, so <laughs> I um, graduated from IU Bloomington in honors English as well as theater. Yes. So I definitely have always loved the spotlight <laughs> growing up. <laughs> and but also, as I say, because a lot of folks would always see the final product, right? You always see the show, but you don't see the work that goes into the show. Mm -hmm. And theater teaches you so much about discipline and about showing up and about doing the work. And so I learned a lot of skills from my theater program at IU, which is a top theater program, yeah, by the way. It is. And yeah, so I say all that. I then moved to New York City where I did do theater professionally. Oh. I was frankly struggling financially. And so I said, okay, I've got to make York's a decision. A tough city. It is, it is. And so that's actually how I decided to make the pivot over into healthcare. Okay. It was when I, I was in New York. What are some of those skills from theater that you learned there that you're applying now as a startup entrepreneur? Because I, I would imagine a lot of our listeners are in leadership positions or looking to get into leadership positions and would probably benefit from that kind of cross-pollination of ideas of bringing some of those soft and hard skills from theater into the boardroom or into the conference room. Absolutely. So 
the number one thing is practice, mm-hmm. right? So in theater, you're taught, you're trained really to rehearse. You're, and, and it is repetitive and it is tedious and you have constant feedback and your coaches are giving you constant feedback. And so you have to, A, learn how to take that feedback and then act on it, right? So not only am I hearing the feedback, but then how do I translate it and then how do I then adjust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing in entrepreneurship or in leadership. You have to be willing to listen to the people giving you feedback, whether it's your team, whether it's customers, whoever that is, you need to take the feedback, listen, and then act on it. Mm. It also teaches you, like I said earlier, discipline. It teaches you about consistency and showing up day in, day out. And when, you know, you may have, for instance, a really great show one day, maybe a rehearsal the next day is not good. And mm-hmm. so now you've got to do the work and you have to have the discipline to stick with it. So there, I think there are a lot of soft and hard skills that I learned in my theater program at IU that I've definitely translated into my professional career. Oh. In healthcare. No better feedback than applause or lack thereof. True. Oh, I, I remember the first time I was on stage at Powder Keg, like opening up an event. Oh, and yeah, I Nate cracked, knows all about la- lack of applause. Oh, I cracked a joke and no one said anything. And I literally just go, you guys can laugh. Like, <laughs> I'm giving you permission. I know it's a professional event, but sheesh, throw me a bone. Exactly. Brutal. Yeah. Are you ready to transform your brand with award-winning video content that captures your vision and connects with your audience? Check out Alchemy, the experts at building your brand using video. From story-driven social media snippets that leave a lasting impression to compelling full-length documentaries, they have got the expertise to take your brand to the next level. Alchemy is actually our video partner here on Get In, and they do amazing work. All the videos across social, uh, across YouTube, all that is done by Alchemy, and and they're an amazing partner to work with. Reach out to me, Nate, at Powder Keg, or check out alchemyfilmco.com to get connected with Alden and his team. They will take care of all of your video needs. I think I want to dive in a little bit on, you guys are headquartered in Fort Wayne, right? Yes. But earlier, we were just talking about the momentum you've been building in places like Boston with Verizon and Stanford, right? Like on the West Coast. Yeah. That's incredible. What are you seeing as, one, like you're based in Indiana and I you plan to continue to be based in Indiana? Absolutely. But what are the key differentiators of growing a business in Indiana and why have you chosen and why are you choosing to continue growing here? Absolutely. Fort Wayne has been an excellent place to have a startup, to be frank. It's been amazing thus far. So my husband, full disclosure, is born and raised in Fort Wayne. So he is a Fort Wayneian, if that is such a thing. I'm a Fort Wayneian as well. Yes, he is from the Fort and he loves it. But I understand why, because literally when I made the decision to really go all in with Navigate, it was so easy, frankly, Mm. for the community just wrapped their arms. It was so easy in terms of people being like, you want to do this here? I will help you. I will put, we will put our resources behind you. You need to talk to that person. I got it. I'm sending an, an email now. It wasn't, it, it just was, it, it, Fort Wayne and Indiana is primed for innovation. Mm-hmm. We want it, right? We will support it. We will actually put our weight behind it. We won't just say, okay, right? And so that was what I found about keeping Navigate in Fort Wayne. It, it is absolutely part of our, this will be home for us because Fort Wayne and, and Indiana has wrapped their arms around us and they want us here and they have they are willing to put their resources behind us. Doing Do you have this. advice for founders that might be, not finding it as easy and they're like they're based in indiana right but what can they do to start plugging into these users because i agree that they're there but not everyone knows where to look for them 
Well, go to powderkeg.com. Yes. <laughs> All right. I mean, oh, thank you for the softball. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> go to powderkeg.com. Like there's tons of resources there. Get hooked into the ecosystem. I think that is a huge piece of it. Reach out, especially if you went to IU, you went to Purdue, you went to Notre Dame get hooked into their, their venture arm, mm-hmm. right? They have so many resources. I can't tell you how much IU Ventures and that team down there and Jason's team has helped us. The same thing when you look at Purdue, you've just got to get hooked into the ecosystem. Think about TechPoint, right? Reach out to TechPoint and those players there. Reach out to IDEC. Find out what grants are available. There are a lot of resources, but you also have to be proactive and intentional about mm-hmm. uh, tapping into those resources. There's a metaphor that that we heard on an interview we did on our other podcast that was about how an entrepreneur is someone who's working hard. And if people see you working hard and you're sharing the story and you're sharing the journey, people are more likely to get out and help you. So it's like the difference of someone sticking their thumb out when their car is broken down and hoping someone stops versus pushing the car and the likelihood of someone stopping and coming out to help push the car is so much more likely than someone pulling over if you're just standing there with your thumb out, not doing anything to try to move things forward. And at the same time, as a pioneer, there's a famous saying, you can't be a pioneer without taking a few arrows in the back. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about some of the challenges and friction that you've faced, uh, really trying to change the the, the face of healthcare. Yeah, so I think that you hit the nail right on the head. We're changing the face of healthcare, right? And literally, mic drop, yeah, literally, I think that when we like, for instance, when we, we got out here, we, we um, raised our, our pre-seed to successfully did that. It was awesome. We had great support. We had, I can't tell you how many OBs invested in Navigate <sighs> because they were like, yes, we need nice. this. When we got out here <laughs> and started to then think about, okay, we're going to start to tap into instant or institutional funding, excuse me, VC funding. That was a different journey. And I think that it was confusing, frankly, to see black women from the Midwest in medical device. And it was tough. It's it, First of all, it's, it's just a tough market, to mm-hmm. be frank. Mm-hmm. But it was really tough. And it, honestly, you wouldn't you would be shocked at the things that we've heard, um, the things that have been said to us. And honestly, I think if we had a different face, those things would not have been said to us. Mm -hmm. So we've, we have really stuck with our mission. And so to your point, you're going to have some headwinds, period. That's where that, uh, the last piece grit comes into it. You got to have the grit to keep going. Yeah. And we've had that, thank goodness. And so we don't get deterred by that. We're focused on on our goal and we really focus on our customers. And I think that has made a lot of difference. So to to your point, I don't think people really at first wanted to come and help us push push the car. I think a few folks did. But once we got it really rolling, (laughs) then they were like, okay, we'll come, okay, (laughs) okay. But it it took a while. I think we had to push probably further Mm -hmm. than other founders did because we're black women from the Midwest. Yeah. In healthcare. Obviously, Nate and I have not experienced that firsthand being straight white guys. And entrepreneurship is not easy no matter what your ethnicity or gender or anything. But the fact that you have those headwinds as well of just the inherent bias, it really is inspiring. Yeah. The amount of grit that you had to have, you and your team had to have to face those headwinds and keep going. It's like pushing the car, but also uphill. 
Right, exactly. I, I just have to imagine as you sit in these conversations, whether it's with people like Matt and I or at, to a traditional VC, when you think like guys would probably look like us and it's like you see it click in their head and you're like, oh, like I understand the problem. Like I remember as you're explaining this, I'm like, oh, like that should be a thing. And seeing the momentum there, like that has to be a, a good feeling at times when it's like, oh, this person gets it now. But it's like tough to have to explain this, what, what seems now as a rudimentary problem, right? Like after you said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm a moron for not thinking about that ahead of time. But I don't know. I think that's just crazy. Yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying in that it does. It feels good when you see people get it. Yeah. Because you, definitely you're going to find your village. I, I feel like we've found our village and they get it. They're like, yes, this mm-hmm. makes a thousand percent sense. But frankly, you will hear a thousand no's. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that, I just I'm just not. I'm just not seeing it in health care. I just I don't know if you guys have enough background in healthcare, and maybe it's just a passion project. Those Oof. are the things that people will will say to you. You're like, not these combined almost yeah. 35 years of experience and right. barely someone, only one of us is 40. That doesn't make We, that we doesn't had another compute. founder on the <laughs> show that said they have a list and it's, oh, okay, you're on my list. You're on my, you're on my founder. Like, I'll, I'll remember this. Right, right. Right. Like, I'm not going to forget what you just a passion project. Okay, Buster. Yeah, yeah. So, but again, I, I tried, I, so I personally don't keep one because that's just space in yeah. my mind. And I, that does not hold space in my mind. Good for you. Heck yeah. It just, Good it just for you. You are we, a better person than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we try to focus on finding the people. We try to focus on finding the people. And the more no's that we get, the closer we get to our yes. Oh, yeah. That's a great reframe. I, I love that. I love that. And I wish more investors understood just the enormous opportunity in a lot of these untapped markets, oh, overlooked underrepresented groups of people, industries that are ripe for disruption, healthcare cough, right? Come on. And that's literally what the name powder keg came from. There's this huge powder keg of untapped potential that is here in places like Fort Wayne, Indiana, Mm -hmm. that if we can just create a better connected ecosystem so you can find those right people, which you're doing and have done and continue to do, there's just so much of an impact we can make. Yes. As a community. Yeah. If Tope was here, he would say also key into get in, right? That's the name of the podcast, helping people understand what's going on. Like this amazing, very dynamic company is growing in Fort Wayne and that's happening here in Indiana. That's amazing. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to, I'll give a little Tope air time. He would definitely <laughs> be saying that right now. But as we wrap, I think that it might be time for one of my favorite times of the show, which is called our lightning round. Are you down for two minutes to go through some rapid fire questions? Okay, let me see. I think so. Quick, it's it's top of the mind. First thing that comes to your head, you just let it rip, all right? No wrong answers. No, no, there's no wrong answers. First thing, outside of the amazing entrepreneurial ecosystem, what is Indiana known for? Basketball. Boom, basketball. Are you a Pacers fan? I'm sorry, guys. I was raised in Gary and Chicago. I'm a Bulls fan. Oh, oh there, there we go. And, and in the 90s. Come on. I know. Jordan it did. era. It did. Oh, winning. It was, oh. it was my childhood, though. It's okay. just nostalgia. Yeah. I love that. What is one hidden gem in Indiana? Bonus points if it's from the Northeast. Beaker Bradley. Have you got oh, yes. yes. Like, 
And the Bradley Hotel in Fort Wayne is okay. fabulous. Mm. All right, Vera it's, Bradley. Yes, I like stayed they, there last did month. You? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they have this. They have the store. Like they have the rooftop. Yeah. Restaurant. It is gorgeous. And then like the factory is based there in, in yeah. Fort Wayne. Yeah. So. yeah. You drive by it on the highway yeah. coming from Indianapolis. Exactly. I love that Vera Bradley. Yeah. We I we have heard a few times that we need to get the original founder on the show. Yes. She spoke at my graduation at IU. Oh, so it's so actually cool. there's two founders. Okay. And one of the founders she explained that actually Vera Bradley was named after her co-founder's mother, I believe. Mm. She was like, Our, my name didn't sound the best, and so that's why we picked her. That's so amazing. It, she has that. a really cool founding story. I love that. All okay. Right. We got to make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Who is someone that we need to keep on our radar? Someone who's doing big things. Oh my goodness, there's so many guys. <laughs> you got to keep Kelly Jones. Yes. And Oscar boomerang you got to keep all those folks on your radar they're they're doing some amazing things they're they're, they're making some moves I love the state. shout out to kelly jones past guest of the show and we've got to get oscar morales on the show absolutely mm-hmm. and we'll we'll link up uh, kelly jones's uh show oh, in the yeah. show notes and also i was noting the theater connection our very first interview lindsey chepkum a founder and ceo of casted Mentioned her theater background as a driving force of a lot of her entrepreneurial energy too. We're starting to see some patterns now here on the show, which is really cool to see. Do we have a, do we have a favorite role? What was your favorite role? Oh, easily. Joanne in Rent. Oh, Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. amazing What a great role. Yeah. yeah. That's very cool. Final thing we want to wrap up with, all right, you talked about being plugged into the community. For listeners out there that want to get involved with what Navigate is doing and you personally, how can they support? How can they get involved with your guys' mission? Definitely go to our website, www.navigatematernity.com. Follow us on our socials, Navigate Maternity. And then, of course, if you have questions or anything like that, please send us an email at info at navigatematernity.com. Uh, amazing. Thank you, Ariana. This was spectacular and it was awesome hearing about all the, the amazing things that you guys are doing with Navigate and the successes you've had thus far and that are yet to come for Q2 launch. Let's go. Come on. Just thank you so much. It was spectacular. Super inspiring story. We are rooting for you and we're going to look for all the ways we can help push the car. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. This has been Get In, a Powder Kick production in partnership with Elevate Ventures. And we want to hear from you. If you have suggestions for a guest or segment, reach out to Matt or Nate on LinkedIn or on email. To discover top tier tech companies outside of Silicon Valley in hubs like Indiana, check out our newsletter at powderkeg.com newsletter. And to apply for membership to the Powder Keg executive community, check out powderkeg.com premium. We'll catch you next time and next week as we continue to help the world get in. Since you just listened to this podcast, you might be thinking about starting one for your company. Lucky for you, our partners over at Casted have you covered. Casted is the first and only podcast and video marketing platform made specifically for B2B brands. I love this about them. The platform makes it possible to publish, syndicate, amplify, and measure the value of your podcast and video content. In fact, we use it for our podcast here at Powder Keg. And if you're a startup, You should listen up because Casted for Startups is definitely for you. They are offering exclusive deep discounts of up to 82% off retail price for qualifying startups. Connect with Casted at casted.us slash powderkeg.